brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> What's up, everybody? You are listening to Eagles Post Game Analysis here at the Philadelphia Sports Table Podcast Show, the uh, longest-running weekly Philly sports podcast show in the world. Yeah, I, I just had a sigh there because we are all sighing at the fact that this Eagles team completely, completely sucks. At least the offense does. Eagles losing to the Seattle Seahawks this week at home at the link by score 17-9. to uh, Eric, I mean, the one good thing that happened today was uh, I made my family and I some chili today. Right. <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way. Um, yeah, the chili looked good. You sent me a picture. Um, I went to the I went to the, the best beer store in America to watch the first half. That was my highlight of the game. Um, my buddy Max shop and had a nice cheesesteak. The Union uh, Beer House, can I say that? Union Beer yeah. House, give them a plug out there for Central Pennsylvania. The Union Beer House, 1600 Cumberland Street, if you're ever in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, folks. Um, great cheesesteaks, by the way, as well. Uh, that was the highlight of the game for me. That, 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 we just have to come to ex- accept that this team sucks. Like, they're not good. Um, last week, I talked a lot about they're 5-5, five and five, they're mediocre, they're exactly what their record says they are. No different this week. It just the, the my opinion of them just degrades to they're they're not a good team. They're underprepared. Um, they have no weapons. The quarterback is getting worse and worse week after week. Um, and I know he I know the offensive line is hurt and he is, is, doesn't have much around him. But it doesn't mean he has to turn the football over four times. Um, you know I I saw a lot of Twitter people Carson Wentz lovers were like, well the Carson Wentz haters are out in droves. I don't hate Carson Wentz. I love the kid. But he sucked today. We're, we're allowed to say he sucked today. We're allowed to be honest. Yeah, it, bottom line, he sucked. Miles Sanders sucked. The whole offensive line sucked. Um, they didn't have J- Jadavion McClowney, their best defensive player. Mc, Poss- Mc, McClowney? <laughs> I said Jadavion McClowney. 
Oh, Jadavian. Oh my God. It's Jadavian right. Clowny. Jadavian <laughs> Clown. There must be another Jadavian mix something because there's no reason I would say that. Um, <laughs> and it, he wasn't even on the field, and he's probably one of the best defenders in the league. And we, we couldn't score more than what nine. Like, it's just pathetic. Yeah. Uh, Eric, last week you hit the nail on the head saying this Eagles team was was just boring. And my hope having Seattle come to town this week with the pure urgency of this game after the offensive criticism this past week was that it would just jumpstart the offense and give them some sort of spark. And, of course, we know that that didn't happen. And quite frankly, I think this game was the nail in the coffin for this 2019 Philadelphia Eagles season. It's done, folks. That's it. I don't care how easy the schedule is from here on out. This Eagles team has scored 19 points over the past two games. That's this offense. There's not one redeeming quality about this Eagles offense, about this offensive coaching staff. This was the dumbest game, the dumbest game of the entire season because of the play calling, the lack of execution, players looking like they're just not ready to play, with the exception of Greg Ward, who was just called up from the practice squad. We'll get to him in a little bit. But Eric, the Eagles going into today's game with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Mac Hollins mentioned Greg Ward and Jordan Matthews as their freaking receivers. 14 total catches with these receivers all season heading into today's game. But this this is the first postseason game, getting into what you were just talking about, where I'm going to say that Carson Wentz was the majority of the problems in this game against Seattle. Missing open receivers, not putting any touch on the ball, and of course turning the ball over countless times, letting the pocket collapse on him throughout this game. And we can talk about key injuries in this game. Brandon Brooks going out. You know, Tim Jernigan. Wentz himself even went out right at the end of the third. Jalen Mills was out for a bit, too. But, Eric, with regard to Carson Wentz, fumbling in the first quarter on a strip sack by Raheem uh, uh, Green. I think his name was Raheem Green. Uh, Wentz has the second most fumbles lost amongst quarterbacks in the NFL to date, aside from Daniel Jones, who's first. Wentz, he also fumbled again in the second quarter. Thankfully, it was negated by a Seattle penalty. And then he fumbles that handoff in the third. And if you go back and look at that play, yes, it was a fumble by him, but it really was Halapulavati Vitae just completely letting the defense end, the defensive end go right by him. I actually don't necessarily think that one was on Wentz. But then, of course, the interception is on Wentz in the second quarter where he should have put more air under it for Dallas Goddard, who had more than a few inches of height on Bradley McDougal. And overall, his footwork, his throwing motion, they are just terrible. Lots of Carson Wentz hate out there. I understand why people are so frustrated. This is the first time, like I said, Eric, where I am saying that the majority of this loss is on Carson Wentz this week. Is it, is it the coaches around him? Is it the position coaches? Press Taylor certainly hasn't done him any favors. Mike Groh is not doing this offensive, offensive scheming any favors at all here. I, 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 it's, a, it's dejection that I'm feeling right now with this Eagles team, as every single fan is as well. Uh, but again, I think this is the end of it, man. I, we were talking before we hit the record button. They could essentially get a wild card berth. They could. But what's going to happen? What's going to happen if they do? They have absolutely no plan of action from an offensive standpoint to get points on the board. Nothing's going to happen. This season is done, Eric. Well, it, here's what's going to happen. If, if they 
they could win out. I mean, they're not they're not getting a wild card spot, but they could totally win the division if they went out. And but like I told you before that we started recording, like what what you're going to do if, if you get that spot, you're going to play either Seattle or Minnesota at home, and you're going to lose because they're better than you. They've proved it this year. Both teams beat us handily. Um, and getting back to Carson. I mean, this might this might have been his worst game I've ever seen outside of like his first year, um, and outside of you know being under pressure and 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 the fumbles and stuff. But like that that first uh, missed pass to Miles Sanders in the first quarter, where Miles Sanders had ten yards of freedom in front of him, and he just he he airballed it like threw it five feet over his head, and he was under almost no pressure on that pass. When I saw that, I'm like, we're in trouble. If he's missing those passes, holy crap! Because Seattle takes advantage. Like that, that they're probably the number one team in the league that takes advantage of the other team's mistakes. Yeah, we saw it today. Um, I thought when he missed that pass, we were in deep trouble, and I was right because we that would have gave us a lot of momentum. Um, that that Seattle team was coming off a, a tough, tough win on the road on a Monday night. They had six days essentially of rest, and they came. You know, they came to the East Coast. And they, they punched us in the face like that. They beat us up. We we sucked and we had no answer for anything. And unfortunately, the one strength of this team is the run defense and they didn't show up whatsoever. They ran all over. Richard Penny, for goodness sakes, looked like friggin Walter Payton. Like he, he 129 total yards. He was awesome. And we, we had no answer. And I know Tim, Timmy Jernigan was hurt, but he hasn't played all year. So there's just no excuse there. From an offensive standpoint, Eric, wanted to get into um, Greg Ward. Greg Ward, who, who, like I said earlier, on the practice squad up until a couple days ago. Jeff, I had to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure who he was. I mean, I had no idea. Well, when Greg Ward caught his first reception of the season and his career in the first quarter on that on that very first drive, that which was a three and out, he actually had more catches at that point than Mac Hollins has had in the last six games. And in one half, one half, the first half of this game, Greg Ward had more catches than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has had all season. Greg Ward was the only player on offense, Eric, who actually looked like they were out there with any kind of purpose today, with any sort of fire. When you're called up from the practice squad, I'm assuming that that is the type of fire that you're going to have. You want to stay on the team. You want to be sure that you uh, can make some plays to keep the uh, coach's eye on you. Greg Ward actually did that. Greg Ward had seven targets on the day. He caught six of those balls for 40 yards. He actually did have some type of positive impact on the day, amazingly enough. And this is a guy that was just on the practice squad. He was just on the practice squad. Meanwhile, Mac Hollins, not even a freaking target in this game today. He did draw a penalty. He did draw a penalty, but no targets for Mac Hollins. He is officially done in terms of this team. I mean, we're not going to see him in the 2020 season at all, but man, we know that this wide receiver core is just absolutely atrocious at this point. That you know what? I give credit to Greg Ward. I'm going to give him credit this week, Eric. You ain't going to you going to see him no more. Mac Collins. <laughs> and uh Sinar, see you later. I, I could care less. He's one of my least favorite Eagles, maybe of all time. He's in my top 10 now. Mac Collins? I, yes, I dislike him that much. Um yeah, I, you would have hoped that, you know, the Greg Ward kind of the team would kind of rally around him offensively. Like, this is awesome. We brought this kid up and he's getting a chance and he's playing hard. And no, not at all. I've just just 
I, I did I did jot down one word in my mind, just uninspired. Like that's what the offense is, is just uninspired. Yeah. I, I, I know Brooks is out. Brooks Brooks might be the best offensive lineman in the league. I mean, PFF has ranked him the best guard for like two years straight now. And when he went out of the game, good Lord, we couldn't do anything. And Lane Johnson is probably yeah. arguably the best right tackle in the league, too. And you, you said it right there. And I'm wondering how much of this had an effect on Carson Wentz, too. Again, I'm not trying to make any excuses for the absolute horrendous game that Carson Wentz played in his performance, but we had three right guards playing today. Brandon Brooks started, got injured. Then Halapulavati Vitae comes in. Then he was moved out to right tackle when Andre Dillard didn't start the second half, and Matt Pryor came in then at right guard. Three right guards, dude. That's that's not a recipe for success. <laughs> no, but here's what stinks. Okay, I just... I. I badmouthed the uh, run defense a little bit because they did give up a lot of yardage. But they they had six sacks. Uh, they held the Seahawks to 17 points, who are really prolific offense. Um, if I'm not mistaken, know. six sacks is the most that they've had this season in a game. If I'm not mistaken, I could be. But I think six is the most they've had all season. I think the Jets, they had, what, five? Oh, no, they had like, ten. That's right. No, they, I think they, they had ten. Yeah, they had a ton against Nine the Jets. Nine or ten, yeah. And they, they got to Russell Wilson, man. He doesn't get sacked much, so... I see that stat, and I'm like, and we held them to 17 points. We we can't put up 19 points to win this game like that. That's just pathetic. Like 10 quarterback hits. I would love to see that every week. And Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins was playing playing like he was like 25 years old. He looked yeah. awesome. Nate Gary played well. Like the, the defense played really well, and it just once again week two of the defense kicking butt, and just no excuse for the offense not you know, performing whatsoever. Uh, and per- perfect segue. Go, no, go ahead. It's Doug. I'm sorry. I mean, I, we, we have to start pointing at Doug. I know Mike Rowe sucks. Um, whoever the QB, you just said his name. I don't even know the hell Press he is. Taylor, he sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Fire him today. Um, but like, but, but it all points back to Doug. I'm sorry. You're the head coach. You're the offensive guru. He is. You did Philly Philly. You're the QB, uh, like, like, uh, whisper, like whisperer, man, it, you stink. You you've put up 19 points the past two weeks, Doug. You you stink right now. I, I I'm going to say this. Transitioning over to the defense, uh, Jim Schwartz and this Eagles defense are the only thing that has kept this Eagles season alive. And I think it's it's time that Eagles fans realize that as much crap as Jim Schwartz was given at the beginning of this season. And again, that that injuries came into play with regard to the way he was scheming and, and the talent he had on the field early this season. But listen, like you were saying, Eric, great pressure on Russell Wilson throughout the day. Fr- frankly, great coverage by the linebackers and secondary on their receivers, whether it was down the field, in the flats. Of course, they gave up some touch. They gave up a, a couple touchdowns, um, but, or at least one, I think, right? Did uh, Russell Wilson, he only threw one touchdown, that, that, that long one. But I, a, I mean, pass. I'm sorry, what'd you say? A gorgeous pass, by the way. Oh, absolutely. It was perfect. But. Aside from that, Russell Wilson really was not, quote, on today. A, a ton of third and longs that the Eagles defense put Seattle off the, the Seattle offense into. The defense played fantastic. They really did. I mean, aside for falling for another trick play in the first quarter that led to that, that long touchdown pass, I mean... I don't know, Eric, this Eagles defense, they tend to get fooled a lot. <laughs> they really do. We saw it last week. Yeah, but... I, I- I think it's almost a testament to Jim Schwartz and the defense right now how well they're playing because the teams are having to do spe- trick plays to score on them. 
um, like you said, it's it two weeks in a row now. I mean, the difference between Wentz and Wilson today, I mean, both, both, both players, if you look at their stats, are just not great. But Russell Wilson did just enough to win, and he has more weapons around him. Like, DJ Metcalf is scary. Like, whenever he gets, when the ball, when the ball's being thrown to him, I'm like, dear God, this 6'6 monster can just catch it and run for a touchdown, just run over all of our defensive backs. Like, we, we do not have any, anything close to that. Um, and you made a good point. You talk about the defense has a lot of injuries, too. I mean, Fletcher Cox is basically out there by himself at the tackle position since Malik Jackson and Jernigan are done. Um, but they're still playing well enough for us to win. Like they're, they got hit with injuries just as much as the offense. Maybe not just as much, but they've, they got hit too, but they're still performing well enough to keep us in games and let us, you know, so we can win almost like a Jim Johnson defense. And we we have absolutely no answer offensively to even stay in these games. No, not at all. Brandon Graham, he had a seventh sack of the season. Rodney McLeod with a great interception in the third quarter. It was only Russell Wilson's third interception throughout this entire 2019 season. The defense is playing well. Uh, Jim Schwartz has certainly earned his paycheck over the course of these past few weeks. He, he absolutely has. There is no question in my mind that he is – he is getting his defensive players to perform at a level that Doug Peterson simply is not. Mike Gro- that Mike Grow is unable to do, and and we talked about it last week on the show. Do you get rid of Mike Grow? We had a we had a couple tweets come in about it, uh, Eric, and it's like, well, you know, why get rid of him right now? What's it really going to do? It's the same message we had last week. You know, when you and I were talking about that after the Patriots game. You know, I mean, get rid of him at the end of the season, perhaps, but probably not right now. Uh, you could, like I said last week, but what's the friggin' point? I mean, I, I don't know what it would change. Unless it would be like someone else on the offensive uh, coaching staff takes over play calling and has some new ideas. I don't know who that would be. It's obviously not Press Taylor, whoever the hell that is. I think you're making him up, Jeff. I, I- <laughs> <laughs> he was promoted. I mean, he's one of these guys. For some reason, when Flip and Frank Reich left, the Eagles did not go through an extensive search for their quarterback's coach or their offensive coordinator. They just decided not to do that, and they promoted from within, guessing they thought, okay, these guys have been with us for a while here. We're just going to promote them. Not, not going through that search process that responsible teams go through, and that's on the front office. Well, you know what that is. That is that's a classic leaning on the Super Bowl trophy from two years ago. Yeah. And just thinking everybody here was part of that, and we're, we were brilliant, and we did it, and – well, guess what? Maybe the brilliant people that were part of that are gone already. So you, you should probably do a more extensive search next year. Um, you know, it, Jim Schwartz deserves an extension at this point. He, they, they held the Patriots and Seahawks to 17 points um, the past two weeks. More than, more than enough to be able to win those games. And the offense just couldn't do a damn thing. All right. You got any more takeaways, buddy? Uh, because I, at this point, I really don't. There's... It's, we can sit here and complain about the offense all day, but really until – I mean, I don't even know if Alshon Jeffrey's out there, if really much changes at all because we've seen how he's slowed down over this season and whether it has been him nursing an injury. Aside from him, you know, even Jordan Howard. I mean, I yes, Jordan Howard's a difference maker, but the Eagles still had 106 yards total on the ground today. If Jordan Howard's out there, it's – probably going to be the same amount of, of rushing yards quite frankly so i 
I don't know, man. I think we just have to wait till the offseason now to, to hopefully acquire some weapons. Yeah, they, they really need to focus on the wide receiver position next year. They, they have to do something because it just needs revamped top to bottom. Um, I, I do like J.J. I don't know. I, I look at the rest of the names. I'm like, who do you keep? I mean, I, I'm not dying to keep any of them. Uh, we, in the offseason, we need to take Miles Sanders. And uh, you, you remember that movie, The Program? where Omar Epps like, had to carry a ball around campus to, to learn to not fumble. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, his team is to try to slap it up. He needs to do that this offseason around Philadelphia. Um, if you see Miles Sanders with the ball, like in South, smack it out of his hand, try to. I, the kid has butterfingers, dude. I, I, and that was one of the things, one of the reasons he didn't get drafted in the first round. Um, it, it, it sucks that our best offensive weapon also fumbles the ball. <laughs> like, that's... That's a problem. Um, but I, I just, yeah, the, the offense just needs revamped uh, again, top to bottom. The offensive line, if they're healthy, is great. But beyond that, they don't have much. Speaking of Omar Epps, I thought he was out on the field today. Toward the end of the game, we, I, see, I see a player coming in trying to make a play. And, and on the back of his jersey, it's Epps. The guy's name's Marcus Epps. He's a uh, uh, safety. Came from he played college football at Wyoming. Twenty three years old. But I thought Omar Epps was honestly on the field today, Eric, and he could have been for all I cared. Does he play for us? I don't... <laughs> yeah, Marcus Epps. I think they just. I I think they claimed him off waivers like a, a week or two ago. Well, I, I hope not, because I think I think Omar Epps is our age at this point. He's like in his forties. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't have to tell you, man. I I told you before the before we get into stats. Like, I'm a Sixers guy. I'm sure people get annoyed that I talk about the Sixers all the time. But after last night, they, they win Friday night, and then the Heat come to town, and Jimmy Butler's in town, and you know, you know, you know, he's on fire. He wants to beat us, you know. And we just go out and punch. We just got and smacked the Heat in the face. We we killed the Heat last night, and then the Eagles come out and just like just no, like just no life, no nothing like where just no fire. I don't I don't know. I, it, it just I don't, I'm not sure. Like two years ago, I can't. This team had so much fire, it wasn't even funny, and now there's just there's just nothing there. No. And I feel when I watch this team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nothing. All right. We are going to get into some team stats, box score, and grades, but we're going to take a quick break real quick. Check out some of the ads here, and then uh, we'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We are back, and let's get into the team stats this week. Third down efficiency absolutely sucked for the Eagles. Four of 12 to Seattle's five of 14. Oh, my gosh. Time of possession. The Eagles did win there. 
31 minutes and 53 seconds to Seattle's 28 minutes and 7 seconds. The Eagles had 344 yards today. Seattle had 348 yards today. Almost identical there, but a lot of those 344 yards, well, I should say a decent chunk of those 344 yards came uh, in in garbage time in the fourth quarter. First downs, the Eagles actually had 23 first downs to Seattle's 14, and the Eagles had five turnovers on the day. Seattle had two. Uh, when you look at yards per play this week, the Eagles were at 4.8 yards per play to Seattle's 6.1 yards per play. Oh, boy. Just ugly looking at this freaking team stats here, Eric. Anything else stand out to you? Anything you want to get into? Well, th- to me, this is an easy one. I mean, 174 yards rushing for the Seahawks. Um, they We sacked them six times, and they had 12 penalties for 90 yards, and we lost by eight points. And but but we had five turnovers. So that is basically handing a really tired West Coast to the East Coast team a victory. Like they were they were probably fatigued from that Monday night game, um, fatigued from travel. That that's that kind of explains the 12, 12 penalties. But then we gave them the ball five times. So yeah. <laughs> Just completely inexcusable. That's just awful football. Yeah, yards per pass here, which is interesting. It's five point six for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks there, and uh, with the Eagles, five yards uh, per pass. That that's that is a close stat right there, but it just doesn't reflect the score. It just doesn't reflect how this Eagles offense performed, Eric. And and when your your quarterback is throwing two interceptions, I, I am absolutely astonished that. They're just and, and, and fumbling the ball. I'm just astonished that the Seahawks weren't able to really take over. Again, Russell Wilson, I don't even know if he is going to be in contention for the MVP at this point after this game. Maybe he still will, but this, uh, he, was, this was a tough game for him. He definitely will. I mean, it, you can throw this game out in terms of the MVP race. I mean, if Lamar Jackson, you know, goes in L.A. tonight and then, you know, runs for 120 yards and passes for, for 300, he probably takes a lead, but... um I, I would still say Wilson is one or two in the MVP race. Um, it, I don't know what to say, man. I, I just can't believe like, you just said something uh, that reminded me of a stat they showed. And it, it just it, it went to the fact that the Eagles don't have playmakers. Uh, at one point in the second quarter, they showed a stat that the Seahawks have three plays over 20 yards um, of 20 yard on offense. And the Eagles had zero. Yeah. Like they just can't open anything up. Yeah. Like, I, I, and when you can't do that, you can't run. Um, thank God for Zach Ertz, or we would have no offense. I mean, I would play. I would play McCown at that point. If, if Ertz goes out next week or whatever, I would just play McCown the rest of the year. <laughs> like, he, he's our whole offense right now. Absolutely, I. It's uh, <laughs> just like Carson, you know, for the. Uh, for the for the third season in a row, just let let him let him sit on the bench, let him sit on the sidelines, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, well, of you, course. You might as well go five and eleven at that point if Ertz goes out. Yeah, like, what? Like just go get the best receiver and and you can with your pick and just move on. Right. Yeah, I I, I can't believe we're saying that at what week <laughs> week week 11? 12. 12. Week 12. Oh my god, I, I can't believe it's over already. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else for team stats before we head over the box score? Anything stand out to you? Not whatsoever. All right. Box score, starting with Carson Wentz. He threw 45 passes today, completed 33 of them, 256 yards, 5.7 yards per attempt, one touchdown on the day, two interceptions. He was sacked three times. He ended with a rating of 75.8. 
eight. And uh, if we move on then to the rushing, there was 106 total yards on the day. Miles Sanders carried the ball 12 times for 63 yards. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Carson Wentz carried the ball five times. I actually, Eric, I enjoyed seeing Carson Wentz out there actually on some design runs. I enjoyed seeing him get out, getting out of the pocket, actually making some plays with his feet. Five carries, 27 yards, average 5.4 yards per carry. We definitely needed to see that, man. Yeah, and I was a little scared, you know, because the Seahawks have a pretty rough defense, um, and I'm happy he didn't get hurt. Uh, again, Miles Sanders, 5.3 yards per rush, but you know, my man, if, you, if you're going to drop the ball, you know, we can't give it back to you. you exactly. Know, Sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jay Ajayi carried the ball six times for 16 yards. He averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Overall, from a rushing perspective, this Eagles team averaged 4.6 yards on the ground today here in week 12. Wide receiver core, as we mentioned uh, earlier, uh, Zach Ertz coming in. Thank goodness for him. 14 targets on the day. He came down with 12 balls for 91 yards and a touchdown. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside comes in next, and a lot of that was due to that long 30-yarder that he caught right at the end of the game. He was targeted five times on the day, came down with two balls, 43 total yards on the day. Greg Ward, as we mentioned earlier, too, seven targets, caught six balls for 40 yards. Dallas Goddard was targeted eight times today. Interesting how a lot of these guys targeted over five t- five times or more, Eric, but and they're coming down with the majority of their balls. But a lot of these guys just are only getting like 4.6 yards on average per reception, just like Dallas Goddard. Or maybe with Greg Ward, it was 6.7 yards. Jordan Matthews came down with three balls, being targeted six times, averaged nine yards per reception. He had a total of 27 yards on the day. And Miles Sanders was targeted five times, caught three balls for 23 yards. So uh, these guys are being targeted. They re- they're they coming down in general with the ball. But, man, it's not for a lot of yardage. Why? Because there really aren't the playmakers, as you just said. Well, you kind of have to dink and dunk uh, when you have playmakers like Jordan Matthews yeah. and Jerry Ward. I'm, I'm not even going to dignify him with his real name because I, I – Greg Ward. It's awesome. The story's great, but like, come on, he's a practice squad kid. It's just whatever. Like, they, they just have no talent in that position. I'm looking at the names. Like, my God. Like, and I wanted to tell you. I was going to text you this during the game. Like, I watched the uh, Aaron Hernandez. There's a there's a documentary on Hulu about Aaron Hernandez and his whole story. And I was taken back to when the Patriots had him and uh, and Gronk, and they were just a two man beast machine. Like, you just couldn't stop them. And I was honestly hoping when the receivers started to go down that Doug would maybe like design an offense centered around Ertz and Goddard, but maybe Goddard's just not the guy. Like, maybe he's uh, not. Eric, I was talking about that at the beginning of the season. I was talking about that before the season even started, this two-headed monster. In fact, I think a lot in Eagles Nation were talking about it, man. And I, and I thought that, that that was the route they're going to go because they just didn't have anything on on the outside to, to take pressure off. Um, having said that, maybe Goddard's not the guy, but at least we didn't see Aguilar today dropping balls left and right. That made me feel better. That's true. We did see a couple drops today, but not nearly as many as we do when Nelson Aguilar is on the field, of course. Uh, so, so Aguilar was out there in spirit, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. The spirit of Aguilar was just lurking over the link. <laughs> All right. Defensively, Nigel Bradham back 
in his first game here in a few weeks. He had nine total tackles on the day, one tackle for a loss. Malcolm Jenkins, as you mentioned earlier, Eric, looked like he was in his freaking mid-20s out there. Six total tackles on the day, two sacks, one tackle for a loss. He had four quarterback hits. They were bringing Malcolm Jenkins today. It was good to see because I think over these past few weeks, we haven't necessarily seen the Malcolm Jenkins that we have known for so long. And of course, he's getting older, but Malcolm Jenkins really provided some leadership out there on the field today. And I, and, and it was really, really great to see, Eric. He, he's slowly becoming one of like my all-time favorite Eagles. Like He'll never reach the level of B-Dog, but... Right. He he's just so tremendously talented, like plays with plays with fire spirit. Unlike everyone on the offense, uh, he he like I said earlier, he looked like a, a kid today. He played so well. Two sacks, they unleashed him, and uh, to to sack Russell Wilson six times, he's a classic get the ball out kind of guy. Yeah, his th- his three interceptions. I, I'd love to see how many times he's actually been sacked because he can actually run. We got him six times. Like if you get him six times, you should beat the Seahawks. It doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. Yep. Nate Gary coming in with uh, six tackles on the day. He had a half a sack, uh, one pass defended, and uh, Jalen Mills with five tackles, Ronald Darby with four. But interestingly enough, from a sacks perspective, Rodney McLeod also getting a sack. Brandon Graham with one and a half sacks. Actually, that means Brandon Graham has uh, seven and a half total on the season. I think I only said seven earlier today. But, man, Malcolm Jenkins with two. Rodney McLeod with one. Brandon Graham with one and a half. Nate Gary with a half. Great defensive effort overall by these guys today. And it was good to see Brandon Graham doing some stuff. Like I I wouldn't necessarily think that the season that Brandon Graham is having, he's able to get in the backfield consistently, Eric, but I haven't necessarily been remembering his name that much during games from a stat sheet standpoint. He could actually finish. He could finish the season with well over 10 sacks this year. We still have some games left here, and if that happens, I mean, that's not a bad season for Brandon Graham, who generally doesn't have too, too many sacks on a year-to-year basis. Now, he's having one of those, if you're an old Bold Eagles fan like we are, he's having one of those classic Clyde Simmons seasons. Yeah. Where you look at the end of the year, and Clyde ended with like 10 and a half sacks. You're like, well, how do you do that? Yeah. I don't remember any of them. But yeah, he, he played really well today. All right. Uh, anything else from a defensive standpoint that you want to get into? I think we kind of covered everything. I think we're good. All right. Uh, in terms of kick returns, Boston Scott had two for uh, average 22.5 yards per return, which was actually nice to see. Greg Ward uh, had one punt return for negative three yards. I'm going to get, get into uh, special teams uh, once we do the special teams grading. Um, I, I'm, I'm not too sure what's happened with Dave Phipp and, and, and his coaching of these special teams units at all. But Jake Elliott kicked one field goal today. For 28 yards, no extra points on the day. Cam Johnston, he had four points and averaged 41 yards per punt. think the wind had something to do with some short punts we saw from him. But uh, let's start grading these positions. I'm going to give Carson Wentz a straight-up D-minus this week. What do you give him, Eric? I mean, I I want to give him an F. and, I, and I'm actually just giving him an F. I, I thought he was terrible today. But he... He didn't make a single throw where I was like, whoa, that's the Carson Wentz I know. My goodness. Like, he didn't make one special throw today. I know he's under pressure, but, man, he, he just flat-out stunk. And I, I still think that Miles Sanders' overthrow just took the wind out of the, 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 sta- the, the, the stadium. Like, yeah. That really gave momentum. It, it, that, that play sucked. Do you think it's his head? Like, Do you honestly think it's his head at this point? And he's got to get out of his own head. 
Okay, you mean like the ips, like the yips, or you mean like uh, concussion kind of stuff? No, no, not concussion. I'm talking about the yips. I'm talking about because of the pressure that's on him, because of the expectation, and not just from the fan base, but even from the team perspective. Yeah, basically the yips at this point. So you're talking like because he signed a big contract finally, and like now it's all in, it's all on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think. I do think the fact that your offensive line is so hurt that might put something in the quarterback's head that he's he thinks he has to make plays and even the weapons too, and and, and no weapons, <laughs> yeah, the no weapons thing is a problem. But like I, I just maybe it's in his head, but you know like here's, Aaron what, Rod- I, here's what I say to that though, if you don't mind, real quick. Here's what I say to that. That's when I think it, that if you have effective coaching in a situation like this. You can get the guy out of the yips. You can get the guy out of his own head at that point if you have effective coaching. Press Taylor, he hasn't to this point been able to help Carson Wentz do that. Mike Grow hasn't been able to, to help Carson Wentz do that. Neither has the head coach, D- Doug Peterson. Now, I think Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz have been a good pairing over these years. I, I, I think we have seen that. But I think when it comes to when you're in these actual rooms – when you're in the position rooms with that position coach, a lot happens there. I think a lot of messaging, a lot of how these coaches are able to get these guys to a certain mental state of uh, a mental standpoint is really critical. And I just don't think that's happening. And that's why, and I'm not trying to deflect the blame here. I'm really not trying to deflect this just on the coaches because Wentz had an awful game. But I think there is something to be said where, when you have coaches that aren't able to help in any way at all, that's a problem, man. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're. I get it. And here's what I'll do I'm going to go back in Eagles history a little bit. Like Donovan McNabb, I watched his entire career. He was not the best quarterback ever. Okay. He had some major flaws. But Andy Reid was such a damn good coach and such a damn good preparer of the quarterback position that he. You know, Donovan was like elite for like four years, I would say maybe five. Yeah. But even after that, like he had some amazing games and moments because I think Andy Reid was such a damn good coach at that position. And it just maybe Doug's not that guy. Like he's not at the level of Andy Reid. And I'm starting to see that because Carson Wentz is so much better than Don McNabb, in, in my opinion, in terms of talent. I agree. Like even beyond the, uh, the elite status when, when McNabb was so good. I, I just don't, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying fire Doug, but like, I just don't, maybe he's just not that guy that can bring out the absolute best in a, and just an elite talent like, like Carson Wentz. I, I don't know. And that's why I'm saying, I think that's why these position coaches are so important. And I think that's why they're becoming more important and prevalent throughout the league. I, I, I don't necessarily think it's just always the head coach that uh, needs to help develop these guys. These position coaches are important for a reason. And if you're not going to have a position coach, I don't care if it's your linebackers coach or your your D-backs coach, whoever it is, you have to be able to help your team and your guys progress from week to week. And it hasn't been happening with Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz is a damn good quarterback. Like you said, 
much better than Donovan McNabb, in my opinion, was from a mobility standpoint. Well, they're both mobile type of quarterbacks, of course, but we've seen how mobile Carson Wentz can be. We've seen that. We've seen him make plays in the pocket. We've seen him make plays outside of the pocket. His pocket management has been absolutely horrendous this year, and quite frankly, we talked about that before. It's been an issue from a developmental standpoint, and who knows if he will ever get and understand pocket management throughout his NFL career. He doesn't have to to be a successful quarterback, but what I'm saying is that these position coaches, guys like Press Taylor, they need to be able to help him along the way. Flip, he absolutely helped Carson Wentz. I mean, that was apparent. (laughs) Frank Reich, from a pure play calling, whether it's first 19 plays of the game, from a pure play calling standpoint, understanding what he needed to do to get his quarterback moving, going, Get the confidence there. Frank Reich knew how to do that. Mike Grove just doesn't know how to do that. So, I don't know. That's my that's my diatribe right there. Should we get on to grading the uh, running backs here? <laughs> but but just real quickly, Andy yeah. Reid Andy surrounded himself with good assistants as well. Yeah. But ultimately, he was the QB guru, and he was so good at it that, like, even if, you ha- even, even if the assistant wasn't on that week, like, it, he was there. And like you would, you would hope that Doug would be the guy, right? You know what I mean. Like, and after the Super Bowl season, you're like, oh, well, well Doug's one of the three best coaches in the league. We're good going forward. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying like maybe he's not the guy that can overcome the deficiencies of his his assistants. Yeah, I think I think that's where we're at. Okay, all right. I think that's fair too. But from a running back perspective in this game, I'm I'm going to give him a grade of C plus this week. Uh, listen, Miles Sanders, a rookie, had 12 carries for 63 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. He was your bell cow running back basically today, which I don't think was terrible. And I don't think and I wish Jay Jai had seen the ball a little bit more. I wish that the ground game had gotten gotten going a little bit more instead of just having 23 total carries on the day and Carson Wentz having 45 passes. I mean, the game wasn't that out of hand where Carson Wentz really needed to throw the ball 45 times, especially the way he was playing. So I'm going to get, I'm going to give the running backs a C plus this week though. What do you give them? Oh man. I mean, I, I'd say a C. I mean, they, they didn't run the ball that much. Once again, Carson threw over 40 times. I mean, what 90 passes in two weeks now for yeah. Carson. Just, just, just once again, completely getting away from the run. I know there's some fumbles, but man, it like, Again, you have to run the goddamn ball <laughs> when you're doing your RPO offense. Like you have to keep the defense off balance, and you you just don't. If they if they know you're not going to run, why the hell would I even bother covering for that? Like it's just I, I'll, I'll go dime. It doesn't. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So, so annoying. <laughs> wide receiver core outside of Zach Ertz and his 91 yards on the day and a touchdown. I'm giving this wide receiver core a uh, C minus this week. What do you give them? Just like last week, I'll give him a C. Uh, if you take Ertz away, it's an F minus. They they have nothing going on at that position whatsoever. Dallas Goddard, Greg Ward, <laughs> George Ward was awesome. Uh, Dallas Goddard may not be the answer. I'm I'm glad Matt Collins isn't even in the stat line because I, I don't want to say his name ever again. <laughs> again, I just can't believe how this is the position that most dissolved this year. Like I, I never imagined I'd be looking at the receiving stats on my phone right now, and it's. JJ, it's Jerry Ward, Jordan Matthews. For God's sakes, how is he back in my life? Like I, I just don't know what happened. Like, <laughs> man, we used to complain about Todd Pinkston. <laughs> Todd Pinkston would be putting up a lot more receiving yards than a lot of these guys. 
is Todd available? Oh, please put number 87 back on, buddy. We need you. <laughs> All right, moving over to uh, the offensive line. Just a rough day. Rough day. You know, have Lane Johnson out there. Brandon Brooks is injured. Jason Peters just did not have that great of a game. Man, there was – man, I think this is going to be it. Last few games in an Eagles uniform, likely. Um, and then the Andre Dillard era is going to start at left tackle in 2020. I think that's that needs to happen at this point because we saw a very, very, very slow Jason Peters out there. So I'm going to give this offensive line this week a C. What do you give them? Oh, I'm going D+. Plus. They okay. were terrible. Yeah, they, they they were the whole reason. I mean, Carson sucked, but they were also part of the reason Carson sucked, and they couldn't run the ball. And Jason Peters, probably a Hall of Famer. I mean, the Hall of Fame in, in the NFL is like pretty lenient. I think he'll make it, but like this, is, I, I'd say this is last season, right? No, oh, it has to be. It absolutely has to be. All right, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line this week, I'm going to give them an A minus. What do you give them? Uh I. I'll go B plus just because the rushing yards they give up so many rushing yards. That's a good um, point. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I would, I would give the D line B plus, and I give we'll get the Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz gets all the credit, honestly, for the scheme he he threw at them. I mean, he just brilliant called this game. But the D line again, could you imagine if we had a legit defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox, and he could actually you know play his position? We do. He's injured. What? Well, that's what I mean. Like. <laughs> Like, but we know, but that's the problem. Like Tim Jernigan has been injured since we signed him. Like yeah. that traded for him. Like, and I meant Malik Jackson too. <laughs> Malik Jackson broke his foot, you know, getting off the plane in Philly. Like it's just, we, it's a, it's a that that position. We talk about wide receiver. That position has been has been a problem for for years now. Like we have the best defensive tackle, and we've yet to put anyone next to him that can actually like, accommodate him, help him at all. Right. All right. Uh, linebackers this week, I'm going to give them a B. I'm going to give them a straight-up B. Like I said earlier, I thought they were they performed very well in coverage. Nigel Bradham coming back I think was a big boost for this defense. They're going to get a B from me. What do you give them? I give them a B plus. I thought they were excellent. They were really good last week too. Um, I was scared of the running backs coming out of the backfield for Seattle and catching passes. Um, and unfortunately, they shut down – the tight end Hollister for Seattle, who's on my fantasy team. I picked him up this week. Same here. <laughs> Dumb one, move. One of my leagues, exactly. <laughs> but no, they've been playing really, really well. I have to give them a lot of credit because they've gotten a lot of crap from us in the show. All right. Um, and the secondary this week. Listen, the 200 yards is what Russell Wilson threw for. And, and I think when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, who's able to throw on a dime, basically whenever he wants. They really kept him off his game. Not the secondary, of course. Defensive line, I think, really kept him off his game. And it allowed our secondary to do what Jim Schwartz has designed this defense to do. They they played very, very well. And, of course, we see in the stat sheets, again, how you have uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins with two sacks on the day. Yeah, Ronnie McLeod with a sack and an interception. So I'm actually going to give this Eagles secondary an A- minus this week. What do you give them? I thought they were probably the best part of the entire game. I give them an A. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, look at the stats. 200 yards or passing. Um, I know they gave up, what, four passes over 20 yards, but Russell Wilson is a big-time, big-play quarterback, and and you gave up 17 points. Like that, 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 You had every right to win this game, and the secondary did everything they could to, to ensure that, and it just didn't happen at all. Yeah. All right, let's move over to grading the coaching this week. Special teams, uh, Boston Scott had a nice kick return to start the game. 
that the blocking there was was really really fantastic. But after that, kind of just went downhill. I mean, Cam Johnson he had some short punts. Uh, then again, like I mentioned earlier, the wind was just ridiculous down at the link. Um, there were two punts that Seattle downed at the one yard line at the Eagles one yard line, and that right there is terrible from a special team standpoint. I know Greg Ward was back there on some of the punt returns, but you, you can't allow that to happen. You can't allow your offense, and this offense in particular, to start at the freaking one-yard line, Eric. So I'm going to give Dave Phipp and the job he's been doing with this special teams unit, I'm going to give him a D-plus this week. I hate saying the word plus, but I, I, I'm getting tired of watching this Eagles special teams because they really haven't been helping out the, the team overall for quite some time here. What do you give uh, Dave Phipp and special teams unit? They get an F. Dave Phipp gets an F for sure. Um, this was the first game in a long time where I thought that special teams actually took away from us and actually helped us lose. They were terrible. Uh, Cam Johnson had one of his worst games as, as an Eagle. Yeah. By f- um, and can we start or can we can we do a Kickstarter to get Boston Scott off our team? Like, I, I know he had a, one nice return, but I, I, I don't want Boston Scott in my life anymore. It's no. it's. It's ridiculous. He shouldn't yeah. be in our lives anymore. And hopefully hopefully they're going to get somebody in the offseason that's going to be able to really help provide some sort of spark to provide some good field position. It's like that's all we want is some good field position here. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. So, uh, all right, Jim Schwartz this week, he's going to get an A for me. Jim Schwartz, again, like I said, he's the only thing. Him and his defense are the only thing that's keeping this Eagles season alive here. So he's going to get an A for me. What do you give uh, Jim Schwartz this week? He gets an A for the past two weeks. He's been he's played the perfect he's called the perfect defense for two weeks in a row against two of the best offenses in football, and it's it's embarrassing that all we could do was put up 19 points to help him out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't know what his contract. I, I think he's due for an extension. It's time. He absolutely deserves it. Uh, he might actually get a chance at a head coaching job, considering how many crappy teams are out there. But. Uh, uh, he's done everything he can possibly do for, for the Eagles to win. All right, moving over to Doug Peterson, Mike Grow from an offensive coaching standpoint. D for me this week, just piss poor play calling, just poorly executed plays, and it starts with coaching, whether it's Carson Wentz's head. No way, no way is uh, Doug Peterson and Mike Groh going to get over a D for me this week, man. D, what do you give them? I, I give him and uh, Groh and Paul Taylor, whatever you call him. <laughs> Press Taylor. I'm not, I'm not saying his name. They they get a D minus. They were horrendous today. Like they, I, I again, I, I the lack of talent, the lack of playmakers, it doesn't matter. Like it just, it was boring. You didn't run the ball enough to run an RPO to confuse the defense into a, a long pass. Just and you were home the last two weeks. Yeah, you had every every advantage in the world against two great teams, and you you just peed it away. You totally just peed it away. What do you think the pressers are going to be this week? Is it going to be more of the yeah we got to just we got to work harder because this past week Micro was like yeah we just have to work harder. It was it was absolutely laughable. And it's is it going to be the same old same old crap of yeah we just have to we got to do better you know we got to do better. <laughs> well they they come from the Andy Reid tree of coaching, so obviously it's going to be a. I need to put my players in a better position to make plays. We need to play better. Yeah. 
you know, you're not going to hear anything. But uh, you wish just one time they come out and go, yeah, we. So, we I, I want to see a Jim Mora. Yeah, we were we were diddly pooed. Uh, you know, it's just just flat out like I sucked, we sucked, Carson sucked, uh, JJ uh, or uh, you know or uh, uh, Greg Ward sucked. Like we all sucked, but just, just Boston Scott sucks. Like it's just just come out and say it. Like, we have no talent on offense, but. But they're not going to do that. It's going to be a you know, it's going to be boring. Yeah. Well, the Eagles are going to be playing the Miami Dolphins next week down in Miami. Uh, again, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL technically for the rest of this season. I, man, if they if they can't beat the Dolphins, it's going to be a rough one. But they pro- they probably will because if you look at that if you look at the win loss pattern basically since week two, so they won the first game of the season against the Redskins, then they lost two in a row, then they won two in a row. Then they lost two in a row. They win two in a row. Their last win was against the Bears. And now they have lost another two in a row. So I'm guessing they're going to win against the Dolphins and win against the New York Giants the week after. Keep this pattern going here. I guess it's all about patterns, Eric. <laughs> well, just just look at the look at the schedule. They haven't had a good game. They haven't played a good game since the Bills, right? Right. And then before that, they they crushed the Jets at home. It's, I, don't, I don't even count that. They haven't had a good game since the, the Green Bay win. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's been like two months since they had a good game. Like it, it, They beat the Bears at home, but like all, all of us said to each other, like, do you feel do you feel good about that win whatsoever? No. Yeah. Nobody does. They should beat the Dolphins. Again, they can win out totally and win the division, but then they're going to play. They're going to have to play one of the teams that have, have that has killed us this year. So I I don't know. Like, do you want? I'll, I'll ask you. Okay, I'm a tanking guy. Totally cool tanking. If you're going to tank, you know, if, if you if like the Bengals are tanking and it's smart to do it because there's there's that LSU quarterback out there. Right. Like, if you're the Eagles, I, I mean, I I know they're going to try and win out. I know, but like as a fan, what do you want to see? I think it's hard to try to tank at this point when you're five and six on the season because if you can actually make a run in this league. And with this rabid fan base, if you tank, I think it's a little different with the Sixers. And I, I think with what we saw with the Sixers, we we kind of just knew what the plan was. And we knew it wasn't just going to be a one-year plan. We knew the process wasn't going to be just one year. But I think when it comes to football and tanking, it's a little bit more difficult to justify it to your fan base, especially the fans, because because the, the season tickets are so ridiculous and expensive. But not just that, but getting a rabid fan base like this Eagles fan base. Now, if it's a fan base like Washington or like Cincinnati or Miami, I think it's a little easier to do it in those cities where you just don't have as dedicated of a fan base. However... Here in Philly, you do. You have high expectations. And even if there's a remote possibility that this team could go to the playoffs, I think it's really tough to do it, Eric. And I, I agree. I mean, tanking, this, tanking midseason in the NFL is like is nuts. I don't think fans would understand it. Um, it's really hard to sell that to your, to your fan base. Especially when you got the easiest schedule in the NFL coming down the pike here. True, because if you lose to the Dolphins, then people know you're freaking tanking on purpose. <laughs> Uh, yes. I mean, it, I mean, look at the quarterbacks they have the next couple of weeks outside of Dak Prescott, who, by the way, I'm going to say it. I said before the show, I, I'm, I'm going to take people off. He's a better quarterback right now than Carson Wentz. Absolutely. I, that's the truth. I mean, that's not nobody should be ticked off about that. That is the absolute truth. Dak Prescott is playing better football at the quarterback position than Carson Wentz. Case closed. 
The funny thing though is is uh, Jerry, old Jerry's going to give him an obscene contract and cap themselves out for the next 20 years. I can't wait. He, he might give out a $200 million contract. That, that's how nuts Jerry Jones is. Yes. <laughs> Which, go for it, buddy. Cap out, dude. I mean, I, I hope it happens because I hate the Cowboys, but I, obviously you can't tank for the Eagles, but man, I, I just, I, I, even if you win out, like what is what's the reward at the right, end? Right, right, yeah. exactly. Even if you even if you're eleven and five here, I'm sorry, ten and six, ten and six. No, no, they, they can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Jeez. Even if they are, uh, uh, ten and ten and six, uh, I, and I don't know if I don't know if that's enough to uh, uh, to kick the Cowboys to the side at the top of the uh, at the top of the division because the Cowboys have been playing some decent football. They're not a great team, but they're playing decent football and the, the the difference is they are making plays during their games when they need to make plays and a lot of that is because of Dak Prescott. So Oh by the way, did, did you see uh, the Josh Gordon catch today? The Seahawks he had a really nice grab. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know he was available, by the way? Oh, yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> that was my other mental note was watching the game. My oh. buddy Max shop. I'm like, oh, yeah, Josh Gordon. Yeah, we could have had him. Good move, guys. Uh, we have no weapons. He's yeah, he's a six, four monster can catch the ball. We yep. should have maybe thought about it. <laughs> We're going to be talking a lot more Eagles this coming week on our show. We've got Brandon Lee Gowton. Many know him as BLG from BleedingGreenNation.com and the BGN Radio Podcast. He's going to be joining us this week for a lot more Eagles talk, and uh, stay tuned for that. So I think that's going to do it for us here this week, Eric. Uh, Any final thoughts before we head out? Go Sixers. Yeah, go Sixers. All right. I'm, dude, I've even been thinking about the Phillies offseason <laughs> instead of the Eagles here. I'm, I'm actually like thinking about the Phillies offseason. What's going to happen from a pitching standpoint? Is Gene Segura even going to be on this team? I'm thinking about all this stuff. Well, all of the, all of the Garrett Cole talk, they're going to throw ridiculous money at him. Yeah. I, mean, I, I saw that tweet. I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Just pay the luxury tax. Just freaking pay it at this point. Let the Sixers pay it. Just it's not pay, money. guys. It's not my money. I don't give a crap. Exactly. Who cares? <laughs> All right. Follow us on Twitter at Philadelphia PST. You can follow Eric on Twitter at Brick Pollitt. Myself at Jeffrey underscore Warren. Even though Len's not on the show, follow Len too. Shoot him off some tweets. Tell him you miss his sultry voice at Nunsicker. <laughs> sultry? Oh, God. The most unsexy voices in history. Absolutely, yeah. I, I gotta make myself laugh after this debacle of an Eagles season here. <laughs> all right, everybody. You all take care, and we will catch you next time. 